Talk Happens. Today, I'll be your host, Faith Mason, Senior Manager of Workers' Comp Claims for Comcast NBC Universal. I'm excited to continue our journey together. As always, a quick reminder to our listeners, the views and opinions expressed during our Off the Record podcast are those of the authors. They do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of our employers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their own opinion, and it's not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, anyone or anything. Um, joining the conversation today is Dave Dwartz, the President and Chief Executive Officer of Helmsman Management Services, one of the leading TPAs in the PNC insurance industry. I think that deserves a little bit of a round of applause. You're kind of a big deal, Dave. Yeah, don't tell anyone else that I work with that. Uh... <laughs> um, uh, and just thank you so much for being here and joining, and joining us today on the Off the Record podcast. Um, today, we're going to really talk about authenticity and what it means to bring your full and complete self to work, what that looks like and how both you and I have grown to feel comfortable bringing our authentic selves to work. Um, so Dave, I know you've voiced to me that you've experienced uh, what we'll call an evolution of sorts as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. For the benefit of the viewers and the listeners, would you walk us through what that's looked like for you? How did you, how'd you get to the space where you're in today and, and what's led to your willingness to be part of the interview? Absolutely. So first, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I really appreciate the, uh, the invitation to sit down and, and have this conversation with you. Um, uh, in terms of my own journey, yeah, it, it's, it has been um, a real journey and it's been rewarding and humbling. Um, and I've had a lot of help along the way. And I mean, just, you know, going back to my, my, you know, early background, I grew up in rural Michigan, you know, middle of nowhere. Um, and, uh, there wasn't a lot of diversity, you know, where I, where I grew up there. Shocking. You know, yeah. I'm sure that is very shocking. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a few friends of, of color, you know, and I, and I, I can't speak for them. I'm sure their experience growing up you know, there was a lot different than, than mine. Um, I came from a very modest but loving family. You know, we, there was a strong emphasis on treating everyone with respect and kindness. Um, we always had what we needed, but not a lot of the extras, like, you know, for big things like college, you know, um, that was a bit of a problem for me because I was a uh, pretty driven student and wanted to go to a good school, but I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. And, you know, I cobbled together some scholarships and I was really, uh, you know, fortunate to get into, you know, my dream school. And I had no idea how I was going to manage it, but I cobbled together enough for the first year and took the rest on faith. And um, I only mentioned that because, you know, for a very long time, I had this self-image of, of a real underdog. And um, if someone would have suggested to me that I had privilege, I probably would have strongly disagreed with them. You know, that privilege was for those suburban kids who, who vacationed up in my little part of Michigan, um, and not so much for those who, who lived there. Um, 
And I wore that chip on my shoulder probably for, for quite a while. Um, so, you know, fast forward a little bit and I land a nice job, you know, before my senior year uh, of college. So I didn't have that pressure of looking for work. And I start my career in the, um, the early 90s. And, um, you know, back then, you know, the, the, the popular mantra around uh, conversations like diversity was, we're going to be colorblind. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we weren't really encouraged to, um, you know, to discuss things like, you know, diversity and race in the workplace. And, you know, because of that, I, I really didn't develop any skills to, to have those conversations or the courage to have those conversations. So, you know, Fast forward again, and I'm a part of the Liberty Mutual Group, and Helmsman is a subsidiary of Liberty, and and um, Liberty makes a, about seven or eight years ago a big commitment to DNI and creates a, a diversity and inclusion team that is now evolved into a diversity, equity, and inclusion team, and that's where my I'm on much more of an intentional journey at that point um, with the support around me and um, things start to accelerate. One of the first things I had to adapt to was that it was not just okay to acknowledge things like race or gender identity or other forms of, of diversity, but it was actually required. If you're really going to connect with your colleagues and the people around you and and you're going to bring your whole self and they're going to bring their full self and people are going to completely, you know, fully engage. Um, it was actually something you had to do. Uh, that was, that was a big shift for, for me personally. Um, and then, you know, 2020, you know, was a traumatic year for everyone and fully accelerated me again with, you know, the killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and way too many others, and um, the protests of last summer. And, you know, I, I started to reach out to some friends and colleagues of color in particular, just to see how they were doing. And those conversations, I, I came out of those with the realization I had a, a lot more work to do um, to be a better colleague, a better friend. Um, I had some real work to do to just become better informed. And I, I wanted to do the work, but I didn't want to add to the burden that some of those folks were experiencing already. That's but I did get some really good help. That, that's really powerful because, and, and not to cut you off, and no. I know there was a second, the second part to my question, but I just wanted to jump in to say, I was there right in this, this time in 2020 when we're dealing with the pandemic and then we add this extra layer of what's going on from a societal standpoint as it relates to, to race yeah. and, and feeling very much like some of the folks that I was working with didn't understand who I was and why I was feeling this extra layer of anxiety and pressure at work. So I applaud you for doing that reach out 
not just because because of the work that you have been doing, but sort of the push forward. Uh, but I'll let you get back to what's yeah, like no, I, here willing I to appreciate do I appreciate that because I was I was um, I wanted to reach out so badly, but I, I hesitated a little. I was torn because I also I wanted, you know, those people to know that I cared deeply about them and what was happening. But I also just didn't want to add to, you know, to what they were carrying. And um, we got over that quickly. And, and it was it was really helpful for me. And coming out of that, I got some great recommendations. You know, I've, you know, I've doubled down with their help. And I'm, you know, I've read several books that I never would have thought to read before. And I've, um, I've listened to podcasts that were never on my radar. And I got um, through Liberty and through some other things, I've been able to uh, attend some really great panel discussions with some you know, thought leaders that have opened up a lot of things for me. So, you know, that, that really has been helpful. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm proud of the hard work that I did, you know, through my whole journey and, 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 you know, the accomplishments that, that I've, you know, achieved along the way, but I am, I'm much more aware now of, of, systemic forces that are out there that are working against progress in diversity. And I'm, I'm more aware of um, the importance of taking a more active role in not being lulled or, or not accepting being colorblind or avoiding the conversations and um, I'm more aware that being white comes with its own racial baggage and programming and bias. Um, you know, and add to the list, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the privilege that actually I did have and the tailwinds that kind of helped me along, along the path. And, and because of that, I'm also now much more aware of the importance of being a good ally. And, and so that, Sorry, that was a long-winded journey there, um, but but it has been um, it's been humbling and uh, but rewarding. Yeah, that's great, and that, and it's very powerful because I think it's easy to ignore the privilege uh, when you're when you're sort of in those situations. So I applaud you again for for being able to recognize it and, and doing the work. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about just with you is, do you feel like you've always been able to bring your authentic self to work? Um, and what does that really mean to bring your authentic self to work? Uh, and how well, are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I could give you the short answer and say, no, of course not. <laughs> no, right. don't um, give me the short answer, Dave. I'm not give going to. Answer. You know, it's impossible for me to give a short answer. Um, <laughs> it's... You know, I mean, the short answer really, I mean, I would say, especially early in my career, um, no. I mean, I think we all kind of walk through the doors of our respective offices or, you know, workplaces and boom, you know, game time. And so you flip the switch and, and you know, we weren't, again, encouraged to talk about a lot of things 
in the workplace. And in my early management career, you know, really probably wasn't encouraged to be overly vulnerable either. So um, now with that said, as a straight white male, I brought a lot more of myself than a lot of my colleagues of color, women, you know, members of the LGBTQ community were able to bring. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to recognize that I, I was able to bring a lot more of myself. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it, but now it's, it's changed quite a bit. And again, I think it's not just encouraged. I think to be an effective leader, you have to bring, you have to be authentic. Um, and it's refreshing and a little frightening sometimes, right? Being vulnerable. Um, absolutely. I will agree with you a hundred percent. I know for me when, uh, this year, well, this past year, 2020 alone, it hit me in a place because I was dealing with my mom being very, very sick and under normal circumstances, that's information that's sort of private. And I would never mm -hmm. tell anyone at work, but it was impacting how I had to work in addition to the pandemic. So I just made a decision. I said, I, I can't keep carrying this burden of not being my full self. Right. And I said, whatever it's going to cost me, it's going to cost me. And I, I don't have the bandwidth to try to pretend to be something that I'm not anymore. And I kind of just told the whole team everything that was going on. I'm like, my mother's, my mother's very, very ill. There's going to be days you're not going to see me for hours, but I will try to be on early and try to be on late. I'm still going to be here as your manager and I want to be a support system, but I need some support too. Cause this is what's going on with me. Right. Um, and to your point, it's super, super scary, but it honestly was the best thing I ever did from a career perspective, just letting people see me. Absolutely. You know, and I, you know, I have colleagues who have similar stories and, and I've gone through some of the same things. And, you know, I, um, you know, a little of the journey we just walked through. I mean, I've, I've shared that with members of my team and, you know, and it was a little scary and, you know, I, it's becoming less scary now, but those first conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the thing we have to realize is that, um, if we want people to really be their best and if we want the team to perform at their best, then we have to get over the fear of being, you know, the, stop wasting energy on being something we're not, you know, and, and, and put it out there. So that energy you were expending on all these stresses, um, I'm sure, you know, your work benefited from, being able to share that burden. Uh, ab absolutely. I mean, I remember stressing over minor things about the way my hair was or the what earrings was I going to wear, right? I'm in this very corporate environment. Insurance is very buttoned up. Everyone's got a suit and tie on. Every woman's got on a dress or some kind of pantsuit. And I said, I I've got to wear these dainty earrings, but that's not me. I don't have them on today, but normally I have on some larger hoops. They're kind of showing my personality, a little pizzazz, sort of like these little tortoiseshell glasses. Which um, you look good, by the way. I like that. Thank you very much. Uh, but 
I, I really struggled with those things early on in my career. And that wasn't authentically me. And I wore what I thought was how I should present myself. And all that extra anxiety about that was some of it perceived, but some of it because of what I was receiving from those places that I, that I was working. Yeah. Those messages that are coming in. Right. And yeah, you're, you're taking those in and it impacts the way you're, you behave and, and what you're willing to share. I do think, um, I don't know if this is true for you. I think it, it's been true for me that COVID as miserable as, as this has been in some ways, it's actually brought me closer to some folks. So 100%. you're in my home. Um, you know, Literally. you know, I, I've, you know, our, you, our kids, I've met colleagues, kids, and my kids have met my colleagues, my wife, our, you know, significant others have, you know, you're, you're, you're in our personal space. It's helped me be more me. Um, and when I see someone else's dog bark or, you know, uh, you know, kid walk by in their underwear, um, where you have a good laugh and you move on. And it just kind of, you know, relaxes things. Um, it's and, also difficult oh. to be, it's also difficult to keep those airs up in a space that is very much your own space. Right. Right. It's, it's hard for me not to be me in, you know, you see this weird screen behind me, but it's my lady den. This is where <laughs> I come when I relax and I might have, you know, a bourbon and sit down yeah. and start writing. It's hard to put on that non-authentic faith That's in right. those spaces. It so, feels weirder to flip that switch, right? It does. It does. And it honestly would have been probably extra odd to have flipped the switch and then been in this space and said, who am I? Who am I? That's right. what I would have been saying to myself. Um, but I want to bring you back to, to something we discussed. And um, as you know, part of this interview was supposed to be with an industry counterpart that was sort of opposite to you in many ways. I, you know, I had the opportunity to speak with several women of color who are junior to you in the industry. Um, and they were all very passionate about this topic, about what it means to be their authentic self. Um, but none of them were willing to join uh, the interview. They, they voiced many of their concerns with me and they felt that I was a safe space. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned was about the fear of being able to sort of open up to, to this, this environment, not wanting to have their names out there or not their faces out there. And I could understand that in my own, in my own space, because I know years before this, I probably would have had the same exact reaction. Um, and I, I guess, I guess what I want to ask you is how can we as leaders help our junior colleagues who want to speak up and feel and let them feel comfortable speaking up? How, how can we do that? Yeah. So I just want to get one thing clear. They didn't want to, it wasn't me. They were worried. About <laughs> no, it. no, they were totally, they were, they were, you know what, when I went to talk to them about the interview, it was about a being on a panel. It'll be someone who's in a high level executive. No names were given. So it wasn't you personally. All right, it, was all more, right. it was more about the fear of 
if I put my authentic self out there or I talk to the larger community about what it means to be authentically me at work or why I'm not authentically me at work, that there could be some backlash. Yeah, no, I, and I, I know that's where you're going. I was, um, and, and that's an important issue, right? We're talking about speaking truth to power, right? Um, so, and that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I mean, even in a room full of people who pretty much look the same, there's a power dynamic in, sure. in these rooms, sure. right? That can often stifle perspectives and sharing and, and then add in the feeling that you're the only fill in the blank, right? Um, I know that from being the only black woman or the only woman, um, right. the only black person in the room. So it's, it's jarring. I, I think I've become used to it. It's almost expected in some instances. And we got to get away. We got to evolve from that, right? That, um, that is part of the problem. But yeah, that, that power dynamic can be magnified and the pressure on the only in the room, um, you know, can be stifling and can be very difficult to, to carry. I think as leaders, that's where it's crucial for us to step up as allies for all of our colleagues, particularly our junior colleagues. Um, you know, as a, as a white man, I, I know I play a role because I haven't experienced being the only very often, right? So I have, I have a role to play in, in making a more inclusive environment for all of my colleagues across all of our differences. Um, and I think as, a, as an ally, I, need, you know, I start, you know, we as leaders have to start with listening and um, listening to our people and trying to understand their experiences and know that they're gonna be different from ours. And, you know, then I can use my advantages, my privilege to elevate and amplify their voices, create space where everyone feels, you know, they're able to contribute and share. Um, one of the books I read early on um, was uh, Waking Up White by Debbie Irving. Um, and, you know, I'm not gonna, get this completely right, but I, I agreed with something she wrote in there around, you know, if you want to leverage, if you want to get the full talents and potential out of any group, people have to feel included, appreciated, and free to speak up and share their ideas. And, and if you really are going to optimize that value the people on the receiving end or the people you know in leadership or power have to know how to listen so i'm back to it starts with learning how to listen so leaders you know got to start we have to practice and start building the skills and these are real skills in my mind um, to be effective allies and create that environment where you know people are going to feel included, appreciated, and free. That 
that last one is so, is so, so important. It's the, the ability to feel free in that moment to say or do things that are authentically you without feeling that there's going to be backlash or there's going to be some arbitrary judgment that's going to hinder you from being just like everyone else in, in the workplace. So uh, that's, a, that's an awesome call out. Yeah, it, it resonated. That's that's one of the earlier things I read, and it's it's really stayed with me. Um, and you know, it's, I have to continually think about it and work on it. As you know, how am I how am I contributing to these three things that I know everybody needs to have? For sure, and I think that's the the call out for anyone who's a people leader, whether you're at the middle management level or the C suite. It's about establishing connections with people that are authentic, um, that are transparent, and give them the voice to be able to speak up so that they can be fully themselves, you know, within reason at work. <laughs> we don't want people running around in their, uh, their skivvies or anything, but that's happened now in the, the 2020. In the virtual world, I don't even ask now what people are wearing beneath the screen, right? Yeah, so. you know, uh, good could be anything. <laughs> but you know what, Dave, this, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me um, and walk through your, your journey. I know it's powerful and I'm sure it will resonate with, with a lot of people. So I thank you for joining us here on Off the Record. And, and honestly, my call to action for anyone who's listening is uh, to step out on faith, no, no pun intended, um, and strive for greater inclusivity. Uh, we need to bring everyone to the table and they need to bring themselves uniquely to work each and every day. And that makes companies better and stronger. Um, so thanks for joining us here on Off the Record, uh, where real talk happens. Thank you, Faith. I really appreciate you uh, being a great host and uh, allowing me to participate. This this is an important step for me in my, uh, in my growth. So thank you. Very well.